0: Um, Today's reading is printed in your order of service, if you'd like to read along with me. I'll be reading from two chapters from the Gospel of John. John 3, 1 to 18. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man called Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. From John 5, 24 to 30. Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Very truly, I tell you, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. By myself I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me.
1: We're in our fourth week of uh, journeying through some aspects of uh, the good news of Jesus coming and today is the fourth week where we're focusing on the whole idea of eternal life. Uh, I want to talk today about what is it, why do you need it and how do you get it. it won't be a long message but it will be an important message so we need to uh, focus as best as we can. came across an inspirational quote, may not necessarily be true but nevertheless it caught my eye. Uh, this is God's offer that's the title this is not the quote the quote is this part my brain cells, skin cells and hair cells continue to die but my fat cells seem to have eternal life (laughs) turn to the person next to you and and say to them the first thing when you think of is eternal life what do you think of turn to your neighbour and then just swap answers you've got about 30 seconds go go Okay, that's your thirty seconds. Let me have some feedback from this cor- from this section here. When you think of eternal life, can I? What sort of the things turned up in your brain cells? What were they? Give me some answers. Call them out. Continuous. Continuous. Anything else? No expiry date. No expiry date. I like that. Okay, very good. From this bank of intelligent people here, we hear the word. What? What have we got? Happiness. Happiness. Spirit life, knowing God, God. anything else? You're a bigger group, so I expect spectacular answers. (laughs) One more genius to speak. The geniuses are over here. Over in this group here, including all the people out the back and all that kind of stuff, eternal life. What have we got for some thoughts? Never ending, ending. excellent. Promise, Promise. hope, Heaven. heaven. Forever, already started. Already started. This is godly group over here. <laughs> God, all the things I want to say in my sermon have already been said. Fantastic. What is it? I better get that off. That is incredibly distracting. <laughs> eternal life. What is it? Why do I need it, and how do I get it? Well, see, what is eternal life? Uh, some Christians gathered together and tried to work out you know, what we're on about, what, what the purpose of life is, and they came up with a definition, and I sort of paraphrased it a bit, but the ultimate purpose in life is to know God and enjoy him forever. And so my desire, our hope is that we would know God in this life. We would know God, and that goes on forever. It's not bounded by time. It is not bounded by space or by place because we who know God will always be with God. And the great thing is that this eternal life starts now. It is to know God. And when we read further on John's gospel, John's gospel is so wonderful. It is full of these wonderful pithy phrases that just expand and explode the mind. And in John 17:3, it says this, now this, now this is eternal life. You got it? Now this is eternal life, said Jesus, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And so eternal life is relational. It is to know God and to know Jesus. And so do you have eternal life today? Can you say as you sit here with complete confidence that you know God and that you know his son, Jesus Christ? Because that is what eternal life is. It is a relationship. And that's why we have in John 3.16 this wonderful passage Uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that to the end with the purpose in view that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so we believe in him, eternal life, this unending relationship with God that begins at conversion and is not bounded by time and space. That is what it is. What it is not is a fire insurance policy, an eternal fire insurance policy. What eternal life is not is that we get to the end of our life and somehow we just manage to scrape through or work our way through and at the end of it we, we wait for the judgment to come and does it come that, that we have eternal life? It's not something that we are given at the end of our life's journey. It is not some accreditation that we get when we stand before the great white throne and God's adjudication goes over on us and we wonder whether we've got it or not. That is not eternal life. It is not a get out of jail free card that at the end of our lives, somehow we've earned enough brownie points and the scales of good and bad uh, have weighed in our favour. That is not what eternal life is. It is a here and now relationship reality. You should know today whether you have eternal life. Absolutely and utterly, you should know today whether you do or whether you don't. It is not a here's hoping kind of thing. Whoever, in John 3.36, which you don't have, but I'll read for you. Right at the beginning it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. It is a past tense. If we believe, we have eternal life. Uh, In 1 John 5.11-13, I was once having a conversation with a clergyman uh, before church and I was, um, I'm not sure if I was speaking that day but I was certainly fired up about the idea of eternal life and I said to them in the vestry where we all put on our robes and kinds of bits and pieces, um, I said to them, isn't it wonderful that we know God and that we know that we've got eternal life? And there was a pause and a reflection and the person said, "Well, uh, well, I hope so. I hope so, said the fully qualified clergyman with about 50 years experience under the belt. I just stood back and I hope so, said the minister of religion. You know, in 1 John, again, same author, same thoughts, listen to this, 1 John five eleven to 13, listen to the qualitative quantitative. Nature of eternal life. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, past tense. He's writing to the people and he says, God has given, not may given. He might give. We might perhaps get it. It could happen. He has given us eternal life. God has given us eternal life. And this life, this is a great theme of John when you read his writings. This life is in his son, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. We know that Jesus said also in John that he came that we might have life in all its fullness. He goes on in in the next verse. I write these things to you who believe in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Do you know today you have eternal life? It is God's will and purpose that you understand so clearly from Scripture today that your confidence is not in yourself but your confidence is in God that you do have eternal life. It's, more, it's so important that we need to get, I suppose, as I've tried to wrestle over the decades with what that man said to me as a very young minister that I was, as I've wrestled with that, I thought, what is actually behind this? How can a person with so much knowledge and understanding not get that How is it possible? And I I think the only thing, it's not that they weren't theologically trained or didn't have the same Bible as me. The only thing that I can get in my head is that their focus was on their inadequacy instead of the adequacy of Jesus. Don't assess whether you've got eternal life, whether you feel adequate or not. You do not feel adequate. Glory to God. How many people here? Who feels adequate that they're adequate in their own strength and good works to have eternal life? Raise your hand now. How many people feel inadequate that uh, that they deserve eternal life from their own goodness and good works? We all feel inadequate. We need to get our focus off our inadequacy and we need to get it onto the adequacy of Jesus Christ. He has done it for us. He has given it to us and it is accessed by faith. That's what it is. What is eternal life? It is to know God and enjoy him forever. What it is not is some hope that at the end of time we might just fluke it across the line. And why is it needed? Because the status of the unbelieving person before God is not neutral. The unbelieving status of a person before God is not neutral. If we kind of think, oh, we'll just live in this world... And then we'll all, uh, we'll all, as Peter has reminded us, we'll all live and we'll all die. And then somehow, somehow we, you know, God will sort it out then. God will work out the status of people when kind of, you know, when it's all said and done. But it's very interesting that that's not the case. Let's look at our verses again from 16 to 18 and take them as a whole. For God so loved the world, we know this, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I also love verse 17 very much. For God did not send him into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus is talking about perishing, eternal life, saving, condemning. In both of those verses, there's both of these tensions, condemning Saving, believing, perishing. Then he gets to verse eighteen. For whoever believes in him is not condemned, to which we all wipe the brow and throw the sweat. But whoever does not believe, what does it say? And when do they when do they stand condemned? Already. Not on the last day. Their status before God is they're outside of God and that is a perilous place to be and it doesn't need to be that way when God invites us in to be in relationship with him, to go back and to believe. They stand already condemned. That's why it's needed. We need to lay hold. We do not want to perish. We do not want to be condemned. We do not, as no one wants to stand condemned before the living God. That's why it's necessary that we believe in the Saviour. And so how do we get it? Uh, Just if you've got your passage open there, I'll just mention a few little things. Verse 3 says, we need to be born, born again. We need to be born again. What a great old phrase. We need to be born again. It also describes then as we need to see the what? See the kingdom. So we're being born again. We see the kingdom. Uh, Verse 5 talks about this experience of coming into God's uh, relationship with Him as entering the kingdom of God. Verse 5, it says, Jesus said to them, uh, Very truly, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they have a physical and spiritual birth. Then He talks about, as we've already seen, by believing in Him, by believing in Him. So how do we get eternal life? We need to be born again. We need to see the kingdom of God. We need to enter the kingdom of God. We need to believe in him. We need to believe in him. That's why Romans ten nine says, if you declare with your mouth, there's an outward expression. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. There's an inner conviction. There's an inner conviction and an outward expression. You can't be a secret agent in the church. You can't be a spy. You can't join ASIO and be an ASIO Christian. Nobody knows where you are. There's an outward expression and an inward conviction. Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, Romans ten nine. So there's an inner conviction and an outer expression. I'll ask you again this question and I'll conclude with this. Do you know today that you have eternal life? Do the people in this bank know that you have eternal life as you sit here this morning? Do the people in this bank know that you have eternal life as you sit here this morning? Do the people over here absolutely and categorically know that you have eternal life as you sit here this morning because you have believed in Jesus? I'm going to pray a prayer for anybody who does not know that, that they will know it right now. Heavenly Father, we just pray right now that uh, if, this is, if this is news to us and it's frightening news, but it's good news, we pray right now, Lord, that you would come into our world. Forgive us for our sins Come into our lives right now, Lord Jesus. Forgive us for our sins. We want eternal life. We believe in Jesus. We give our lives over to Jesus. And as simple as that, it is that simple. We receive Christ. And in receiving Jesus, we have a relationship with him that goes on forever. That is eternal life. So thank you, Lord, for the gift of eternal life. Help us to be faithful followers and servants of Jesus and disciples for the rest of our days. Amen.